0: All right. Good morning, Faith Church. Come on. Can y'all just welcome each other in the house? Can we show some love and welcome everybody at our Lawrenceburg location? It's good to have you guys in the house, everybody in shows, everybody watching online. Hey, I would love it if I know y'all just got comfortable, just set your coffee back down, but let's start the new year right. Let's all jump back to our feet, and I would love it for the next 30 seconds if we could just honor the Lord for how good he is. (laughs) Come on, if you're thankful for what he did in 2022, give him praise for it. If you're believing God to do something great in 2023, come on, let's thank him in advance as if he's already kept his promise because his promises are yes and amen. Come on, bless him like he's worthy. Honor him because he's good. Come on, every hand clapping, every voice shouting to a God who's good. Come on, y'all. I don't know about anybody else, but I believe in God for big things in 2023. Come on. I'm believing for marriages restored. I'm believing God to keep promises. I'm believing health to return, strength to come back, joy to come back, goodness to come back. Come on, for us to wake up every day in new mercy. Come on, if anybody believes that, come on, let's set an atmosphere of faith in this house. Lord, we're so grateful for what we believe you want to do. God, open our hearts for it. Lord, help us not to settle for anything less than your best. God, help us not to miss one single promise you have for us individually, not one promise you have for our families, not one promise you have for your church Lord we want everything that you declared over our lives Lord put us in a place put us in a position put us in a mindset Lord to walk in it God to own it to recognize it and to appreciate all that you've done and all that you're going to do everything in 2022 that was you we thank you for everything the enemy tried to take we thank you that you are faithful to put your hand upon us and we're believing that 2023 God is going to be a great year so, Lord God, I pray, Lord, just set the barometer of our faith, Lord, just set our hearts on you, set our hearts on you, our desire on you, Lord. Let everything that's been a distraction, everything that's been a detour, everything that has felt like a defeat in our lives, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, this is just another calendar day. Lord, it's just another day, but Lord, we just pray in Jesus' name the same way a new year's come. Father, we're believing God just for greater things. So Lord, open our hearts, Lord. Let us be ready for all that you have for us, Lord, to walk in obedience, and God, to take hold of it in Jesus' name. Come on, and everybody who's believing for a big 2023, said amen. amen. Come on, at all of our campuses, come on one more time. Let's honor him. Well, God bless you guys, man. You can have a seat. It's good to see you here. Thanks for showing up at our 10 a.m. service. Uh, we know lots of people are traveling for the holidays and still away, so God bless you guys as you continue to get refreshed and are on vacation or Just took another lazy day to be at home. Uh, We'll be back next next week at all of our regular service times, but thanks for being here today. Well, most of you know this. If you follow me on social media, my wife, we have a 16-month-old, life-changing grandbaby named Baby Charlotte. Let's give it up for Baby Charlotte. Just, it's just such an amazing thing to have a grandchild. We love spending time with her. But here's the thing that is true about our grandchild. Is probably true about your grandchildren or children. We know this is true. Is uh, baby Char wants what she shouldn't have and does not like being told no. And that's just part of, you know, part of a child. Like, again, there's stuff that she wants that she just shouldn't have. And then there's things that she needs that she doesn't want. She don't want her diaper change. She, you know, things that she don't, sometimes she don't want to nap. Now she's getting into where she likes naps, but you know, she wants things that she shouldn't have. Starts reaching towards things. We tell her no. And the hard thing is she's not one of these babies that really throws a fit. She can because she's Lauren's daughter. You know, my daughter, Lauren, I love you, baby. But her thing is, if I tell her no, she gets broken hearted. Oh, it's hard to, it's hard for Poppy to tell her no, but I'm just saying, sometimes little little kids need to hear no. So there's things that she wants, and if she wasn't so dang cute, she wouldn't get none of it, but every now and then we slip. (laughs) But there's things that she wants that she shouldn't have and things that she needs that she doesn't want. Now, here's the thing that I know is true and you know is true, is that children aren't the only one to struggle with that tension, right? All of us in this room and and all of our campuses, we struggle with the very same tension that there are things that we shouldn't have that we want. And the worst part is we don't like to be told no any more than that little, co- little kid likes to be told no. The difference is once you're an adult, you don't have many people with the authority to tell you no. But here's what I want you to hear going into 2023. Whether you're a toddler or you're an adult, we all need people in our lives that tell us no from time to time. To tell us no, to, to kind of push back, to point at something we're pursuing and say, you don't need that. You shouldn't have that. That's something, again, that's a tension that we all face, you know, whether it's just trying to get healthier or make wise financial decisions or trying to get, you know, a lot of people making New Year's resolutions to get into the gym. I have to admit this. This has happened like three times in my life, and it happened about two weeks ago. You know, it's, it's a discipline to get to the gym, and I've been going, trying to go real steady. A couple weeks ago, I went. I actually made it all the way to the door. <laughs> I don't know if this happened to anybody else, but I sat in the car like 10 minutes. I was like... Not today. I just went back home and I didn't feel bad about it at all, but I should have went in. If you're taking those, here's what we're going to talk about in this week. One of habits is that we all experience tension in our passions. We all experience this tension, this pull between things we want, And things we shouldn't have, things we need that we don't want. There's things that we need to say yes to, and there's things we need to say no to. And unfortunately, it's my experience, and if you're honest, it's probably your experience as well. At times, we find ourselves saying yes to the thing we should say no to, and saying no to the thing that we should say yes yes to. Everybody say yes. yes. Some stuff we need to say yes to. And so there's that tension in all of us, and there's no place that that tension... That pull between passions, it's more pronounced than in our spiritual journey. That once you come into a relationship with God, like it's on a whole nother level that there's things that we believe God wants for us. And there's things that God wants to do in our lives. There's areas in our lives that God wants us to surrender to him. And that passion gets very pronounced. It's very difficult when it shows up and we have that pull, that tug of war in our hearts. Come on, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Where you're wanting some stuff still you shouldn't have. And there's some stuff that God wants for you. There's some stuff in your life, but you just find yourself still saying no. You find yourself still saying, I don't want that. It's a tension. It's a tension. And the question I want to just tackle for a few minutes is, what is the source of that tension? The tension that all of us feel, again, especially if you're here and your desire is is to love God. Your desire is to serve the Lord. You find often, man, that tension popping up. Where does it come from? And here's a bigger question. How do you keep that tension that we all experience from derailing what God wants to do in your life? You know, there are some things that you're pursuing that God doesn't want you to have that if you go down the road you're facing, you'll not get really what God has for you. So sometimes you got to say no to the why and the road to get to the direction and the destination that God has for you. Come on, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Have you ever found yourself in a place and you have nobody to blame but yourself? So there are some things, again, it's just that tension. We find ourselves wanting to say yes to the wrong things and wanting to say no to the right things. And it's a tension we all experience. So where does it come from? How do we keep it from derailing what God wants for us? How do we keep it from derailing our relationship with God? Some of you have probably found yourself in a season of life where you're not really serving the Lord at all. In fact, maybe you're back in 2023 after a season of being out of church because you found yourself in 2022 just making maybe some bad decisions. They're not making the decisions that you knew at the time. Were are the right decision. And so here you are 2023, you said, hey, I'm going to start the year right. I'm going to get back on the path. I'm going to get back into my relationship with God. It's about, again, saying yes to the right things. So the apostle Paul, he leans us into a conversation about this tension that we all feel in our relationship with God, this tension we all wrestle with. No matter how long you serve God, you're going to experience some of that tension. And he not only tells us where it comes from, but he tells us, how to overcome it, how to walk at a level where not always pulled down or pulled off the path or miss the mark or miss God's best. How do you overcome the tension in your passions? And he says it in Romans chapter six. Romans chapter six, starting in verse six, he says this. Every voice at every campus, let's read this together. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might what? I want y'all to shout those three words like it means something. Lose its power. One more time, say it. Lose its its power in our lives. I love the way the Apostle Paul, if you don't know who the Apostle Paul is, he was a significant, significant figure in, in, in the early Christianity, was one who took the gospel to the Gentiles. Anybody who wasn't a Jew, God just used him in really, really profound ways. He was a rock star in Christianity. He was somebody that we would all want to emulate our lives after because he lived such a, a stunning, obedient life to Christ. But I want you to notice that this guy that probably many of us, if you know who he is, we kind of put on a, like a pedestal, like, man, if I could just be like Paul. Like forget Jesus, like I'm so far from if I could just be like maybe Paul. I love it. He uses this three-letter word our. He said it's our sinful nature. It's not yours. If you ever find yourself with somebody putting their finger in your face telling you how broken you are, you probably need to find some other people because we are broken. I'm broken, you're broken. I have a sinful nature. You have a sinful nature. We have a sinful nature. It's our our passions that we're wrestling with. Come on. And so I love it that he just owns it. It's like this level playing field. If you walked into this room or you walked into one of our campuses and you feel like, man, I'm just, I'm really broken. I'm really messed up. No, welcome to the club. If you walked in here thinking like, I don't really belong. The roof's going to cave in. Hey, it's our sinful nature. Man, if I could just be, listen, your grandma, she still got one. Your pastor, he's still got one. It's our, by say. what is it? It's our sinful nature. Now this word sinful nature, again, it, it feels very churchy, because it is. But what Paul is talking about, he's trying to use a phrase to talk about this tension we feel, like where does it come from? And another way he talks about our sinful nature, it's this, it's this rebellious thing we're all born with. You know, uh, baby Charlotte ain't really in school yet, because she's only 16 months. So nobody, nobody took her to rebellious school. Nobody took her to prima donna school. Nobody took her to little brat school. She learned it all on her own, right? Because all of us are born with a broken nature. We're just born crooked. We're born off kilter. And this is what Paul is talking about. He describes it in Ephesians chapter two. In verse three, he says it this way that your sinful nature, it's following the passion desires and inclinations of our old sinful self. When you find yourself being pulled back are pulled away. When you find yourself facing some temptations, going, pushing you in a direction that you know would dishonor God or you know isn't what God has for you. When you find, when you find yourself battling those things, he says, that's your old sinful nature. Is there anybody in this room or other campuses that knows what I'm talking about? You feel the tension, you feel the passion, you feel the right. Rec- Come on, wave at me so I know we got some honest people here. So he says, hey, I just want you to know it's in all of us. We all have it. We're all wrestling with it. It's all part of our spiritual journey. It's all part of our battle, no matter how long you love Jesus, no matter how long you follow Jesus, it's all going to be part of the fight. But you can overcome. And this is how he says, watch this. He talks about, again, the last half of this verse, in verse 6a, he says uh, that we have been crucified with Christ so that sin, might what? Lose its power. That that passion, that overwhelming passion, that, that temptation, that thing you keep going back to, That thing that keep, just how every time he said, never again, you find yourself back in it. I'm not going back there again. I'm not dating them again. I'm not going to that website again. I'm not going to allow myself to get in that mindset again. He says that sin can lose its power in your life, that the pull of the passion can be overcome. Well, tell me how. That's it. I want to know about that. How can the pull of the passion be overcome in our life? I want to give you just three things real quick that is, that is part of our uh, spiritual conversation, part of our spiritual journey. Here, the Apostle Paul talks about the power of sin. Sin plays out in our life in a couple different ways, and we experience it in a couple different ways. First of all, there's the penalty of sin. Everybody say the penalty of sin. It's like when you do something wrong, when you miss the mark, there is a penalty when you miss it. And so since we're all broken, since we all miss the mark, there is a penalty that we all experience. Paul tells us that this penalty is, he says, the wages of sin, what you get paid for your sin is spiritual death, is separation from God. And thankfully, the penalty of sin was overcome by Jesus Christ, our savior on the cross of Calvary. He carried your sin and he gave you his righteousness that none of us are under the penalty of sin anymore. Come on, somebody. You don't have to live away from your creator. You don't have to live separated from Jesus. You can have a relationship with the God who created you because the penalty of sin separation was dealt with already. It's finished through Jesus. Come on, is anybody thankful for that? And not only the penalty of sin, here he talks about the power. The what? The power of sin. What is the power of sin? The penalty of sin is separation. The power of sin is that dominating feeling that sometimes you have. I, uh, you know, I, I could just talk about a lot of areas in my life, a lot of areas that I've experienced, am experiencing, where I, just kept, where I said over and over, I'm never doing that again. I'm never doing that again. And I, I did lots of things that I said I would never do again. Thanks. I don't know who said that. Thanks for not making me feel like I'm the only one. (laughs) Found myself in seasons of addictions and habits and mindsets. I'm never going to do it. I'm I'm never going back. I'm never going to find myself there. And you just keep finding yourself in the place that you said you would never find yourself in again. And that's that dominating thing that's ruling on the inside of our hearts. It is the power of the pull of the passion. Why is it so strong? Why is it so overwhelming? Why at times do we find ourselves mad at ourselves because we made the decision we made that we promised we wouldn't make? He says what's going on on the inside of you is the power of sin. It's not just this hypothetical spiritual concept that we talk about in church. It's something real that we all face. The world can mock it. We can even just look at it and say, that's an odd church word. Who uses the word sin? Listen, pick whatever word you want. We know it. We feel it. We wrestle with it. We sense it, whether you're a Christian or not. It's in all of our lives. It's the power of the pool of our passion pulling us in the wrong direction. And he says, what I want you to know about the power of sin, the penalty of sin has already been dealt with. The power of sin, listen, was dealt with too on the cross of Calvary. God is working that out in all of our lives right now. God is continually breaking the power of sin in our lives. Come on, is anybody thankful for that? And then he talks about, Paul talks about the presence of sin. So the penalty of sin is already finished. The power of sin is being broken in our lives. You should be experiencing that in your spiritual journey where the power of the pool is less. The presence of sin is all around us it's war, it's one more person hearing they have cancer, it's another lost baby, it's another place of hatred, bitterness, division. Like all you have to do is watch the news, look around the world, look at some Google articles. And you'll find out that the presence of sin is everywhere. And the promise that Jesus gives us in Revelation 21 is that there is a time that is coming that he will wipe away every tear from our eyes. And there will be no more death and no more sorrow and no more sickness because the former things have passed away. There is a moment that's coming in the history of humanity, where Jesus will once and finally, forever and for all, deal with the presence of sin and we will never experience it again. Come on, will you all give God praise for his promise? So again, he's saying the penalty. So you need to know this. If you walked in here with some guilt and some shame, the penalty of sin has already been dealt with. When you put your hope in Jesus, you don't ever have to deal with condemnation again. The penalty of sin, separation is dealt with. You can be a child of God right now when you put your hope in him. The power of sin is being broken. The presence of sin one day will be forever discarded and done with. What he's talking about here is the power of sin. How is it finalized in our life? Again, notice what he says. Verse Goes on with verse six. He says, for we are no longer slaves to sin. For we died with Christ. We were set free from the power of sin. So when Jesus went to the cross 2000 years ago, he carried your sin on himself on the cross. And so when Jesus was crucified, the power of sin is broken. The power of the pool is being overcome in your life. And he's saying, like, we put ourselves in that same place of where Jesus was. But then he goes on, he says this, like, so if that's true, if the power of sin is broken, then why do we still sense it? Why do we still wrestle with the pull of the passion? He goes on verse 11, watch this. This is is important. He says, so you should also consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the way you live it almost sounds like you got an option. If you're sitting in this room, you're sitting in one of our campuses and you have ever told yourself as a Christ follower, I just can't overcome that. I can't stop. I can't help myself. That's not what Paul is saying. Paul is saying because of what Jesus has done and because of what you need to do, which we're going to talk about in a second, the power of sin, you are dead. Everybody say dead. Dead to the power of sin. What's the power of sin? It's the pull of the passion. It's saying those things that are pulling you in the wrong direction, you're dead to that. My uh, my desire and my passion and my love for donuts is well-documented on this platform. I seen a TikTok video the other day. I don't know where this place was at, but I'm going to find it and drive there no matter how far it is. They triple dipped some donuts. Ooh. I mean, it was glorious. <laughs> Anybody wants to know what heaven looks like? I found it on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Whoo. I remember my first time. I don't, I don't think there was a Krispy Kreme donuts, which is my favorite, by the way. Just, just the, just the, just the entry-level version. You ain't got to put no sprinkles on it. We used to sell them in high school as a fundraiser, and my box never even ever made it home. (laughs) Listen, just, there might only be a handful of us, so I don't feel like I'm, has anybody ever bought a box and ate it all on your own in like 10 minutes? woo, you just can't eat one. (sighs) (sighs) Mm. (sighs) Listen, if you ain't down with donuts, just think about whatever has your number. Ate the first time in high school. And then I'll never forget the first time we drove by one and the hot light was on. Didn't nobody ever tell me about the hot light. Woo! I Ric flared one. Woo! And now we have one in our backyard. Jesus knew what he was doing when he moved me to Florence, Alabama. I was like, Lord, if you want me to go all the way down there, you're going to have to put a donut shop close. Now here's what I want you to know. Listen to me. There's a time coming that I'm not gonna be on this earth anymore. At some point in my future, could be today, could be 20 years, I'm gonna die. Now you can walk in my funeral home and find me laid out and come and stick a hot <laughs> donut in my hand. And what do you think's gonna happen? Now if I sit up, you need to run. <laughs> What would you do for if I'm like, oh, a donut. <laughs> <laughs> it don't matter how much I like donuts. When I, when I die, watch this. When I die, my passions die. So what Paul is saying, he's saying the same way when you look at a physical person who has physical pulls from, from physical passions, those things cease to exist the moment they die. So he says, when you look at your life, you need to consider yourself dead. He's saying, that's weird. If you're new to church, I get it. That sounds very odd. But it goes back to what Jesus said. If he said, if you're going to follow me, if you're going to be a person of faith, not a Sunday morning Christian that shows up and doesn't try to live this thing, but if you're going to be my disciple, if you're going to be a Christ follower, you have to take up your cross and follow me, which means there's some stuff you have to say no to. Baby Char, you got to say no. All the adults in the room, sometimes you need to hear a no because you need a yes in your life to get you in the place that God has for you, and a no is going to be a detour to, come on, keep you from what God has to you. So we need to say yes to the right stuff and no to the wrong stuff. And the only way you can do that is if something happens to the passion that currently has a pull in your life. Well, how do we deal with it? So I want you to notice again, watch this. First of all, he says, God's doing something. You're not in this fight alone. He says, because of what Jesus has done, the power of sin is already being overcome in your life. The longer you follow Jesus, the less the pull of those passions. But I want you to notice, but he says, but you consider yourself dead. He's saying, God's got his role to play in our spiritual journey. This thing's a partnership. God isn't gonna do it all for you. And there's some stuff that needs done in your life, in your family, in our church, in our community that only God can do. But there's some stuff you need to do. And again, I want you to notice, he says this. He says, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to your sinful desires. Again, it's it's almost like he's saying you have a choice. Which means you do. You're not powerless because the power of sin is being broken. Well, how do we do it? Well, how do do we get there? Really, his challenge is this. You're taking notes. He's saying, I don't want you to cave to what you crave. Just stop giving in. Stop tapping out. Stop just making excuses. Stop allowing it to rule in your heart. It might be a bad attitude. I'm, I find myself in my own spiritual journey, sometimes like baby Charlotte, I get a bad attitude when God tells me to do stuff I don't want to do. I don't want to always be generous. Come on, somebody. I don't always want to be forgiving. Just like some other married couples, there's some stuff that I had said that I shouldn't have said, and God told me to go tell my wife uh, I'm sorry, and I was like, no. <laughs> uh-uh. I don't want to. And so again, it's, it's there The power of that pool is there. That tension is there. He says, how do you wrestle with it? There's a part God has to play. There's a part you have to play. Stop caving into what you crave. Don't cave to what you crave. Start learning to say no to some things. I promise you, if you'll just look look forward into 2023, and you already know what it is. You already know the changes probably you need to make. If you'll just look at it and say, God, with your help, I'm going to start saying yes in 2023 to some stuff I said no to. Some of this stuff that, God, you had for me, doors you opened for me, opportunities you gave me, things you called me to, that, God, I said no to in 2022, 2023 is my year to say yes. God, I'm gonna submit my heart to you. I'm gonna surrender my life to you. I'm gonna follow you in the place and the path that you have for me. And God, some stuff I was saying yes to in 2022 that was derailing me, some relationships I kept walking in that you was trying to break me away from, some habits I was owning that God, you didn't want a part of my life. God, the stuff I was saying yes to in 2023 or 2022, 2023 is my year. I'm gonna begin to say no to the wrong things and yes to the right things because God, you've broken the power of the pool in my life and I'm gonna play my part. Come on, is anybody down for that? So 1 Corinthians 9, he tells us what's our part. God's going to do his part. What's our part? Watch this. Paul says, I discipline my body like an athlete. Training it to do what it should. It don't, there's stuff it don't want to do. There's stuff my body, my passions don't think it could do, don't think it has to do. He says, but the way I get my body, the way I get my life in line is I discipline it. That doesn't sound very Christian-like. What does that mean? He goes on, he says this, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. What he's doing is he's comparing the same way an athlete prepares for a race or prepares for, whatever, or prepares for a game or about. He says the same way that they're doing things, they're saying yes to the right stuff. They're saying yes to a diet. They're eating you know, 300 grams of protein a day. They're saying no to donuts the same way that in their diet and then they're up early in the gym or they're up late in the gym, they're consistently disciplining their bodies. Now, again, everybody going to the gym don't want to be there, but they're there. They're disciplining their body. Why? They're getting ready for the fight they have in front of them. And the apostle Paul says the same way an athlete has to discipline himself, has to prepare himself. He says, this is part of our spiritual journey. He says, we need to discipline our bodies. He says, if you'll work some stuff out, come on somebody, if you'll work some stuff out, you'll find yourself having the strength to say no to some stuff that you used to have to say yes to. Well, what are those things? When you turn to Matthew chapter six, it's this thing known as the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus goes over this entire sermon and it's genius the way he outlines the incredible list of topics that he covers. Matthew chapter five, six, and seven is the Sermon on the Mount. And through it, Jesus goes through this plethora, this this unending list of topics. And if you're not careful, you'll think it's random. It feels like if you're not paying attention that Jesus is just randomly pulling topics and giving his insight and perspective on. But Jesus is a genius, greatest communicator who ever lived. When people heard him preach, they said, I've never heard anybody with such authority. So you better believe that Jesus not only covers topics that we all need to deal with, but he does it in an order that's significant. Notice when Jesus starts the conversation in Matthew chapter five, he's having the conversation of the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes is you better get your heart right and you better get your mind right. And he starts using these phrases, this phrase, blessed. Everybody say blessed. I don't even know what blessed means fully, but I want it. Anybody here want to be blessed? Anybody here want to walk in God's blessing and God's best? He says, this is how you get there. He said, if you'll walk humble, if you'll hunger and thirst for righteousness. He says, if you'll be a peacemaker instead of a troublemaker, some of you need to write that one down. (laughs) What he's saying is there's a life that God blesses and he outlines it in these nine beatitudes. So he starts, he kind of sets it up saying, hey, if you want to really walk in God's blessing for your life, determine to be this kind or this quality of person. And then he goes on even, even further and he tackles this idea of salt and light. And he says, if you'll allow yourself to be this kind of person, he says, you'll find that not only is God going to do something for you, but then God's going to start to do something through you. He says, not only are you going to find God blessing your life, but he says, you're going to be light and salt in this world. In this dark world, he says, I'm going to use your attitude, your personality, your gift set, and your love for me to change the world around you and bring some light to this hopelessness and some darkness. Come on, somebody. He says, I'm going to allow your light to be some salt, to be some flavor in this world. He says, if I get a group of people people living for me saying yes to the right things and no to the wrong things. He says I'll live I'll let your life be a light and a testimony to those around you. Come on. But then he goes, but you know why it's not happening? Jesus changes gears. He says here's why it's not happening the way it should. And he starts talking about anger and adultery and unforgiveness, he says, here's the life I'm going to bless. And if I can bless your life, he says, I'll bless through your life. And the reason I'm not blessing through your life at the rate I want to, and at the rate you want me to is because you're still wrestling with some passions. You're still experiencing the tension of your passion. You're married, but you got your eye on somebody else. And if you continue to allow yourself to go down that road, if you cave to what you crave, come on, see some of your desires, if you don't kill your desires, your desires will kill you. It'll kill your marriage. It'll kill your physical health. It'll it'll kill your call. If you don't kill some of the desires that's pulling on you, it will kill you. So he says, you gotta say no to some stuff. Okay, I know the bar. I know what you wanna do. I know what you wanna do through me. I know what's holding me back. And then he goes on in Matthew chapter six and he says, here's your role. Here's how you get yourself in the place where you can start to overcome some of the passion and some of the pull. And he says this in Matthew chapter six, Verse three, he says these three words, when you give. Everybody say those with me. When you give. We're gonna talk about this, at the, end of this uh, at the end of this series, talk about giving. But I want you to notice again, because Jesus is a genius. He puts one of the disciplines. Remember what Paul said? Paul said, the way I'm gonna overcome this is I'm gonna discipline my body. He says, if you'll put yourself, Jesus, if you'll put yourself in a discipline of giving, it will help you strengthen yourself to overcome the pull of the passion." Why does he put giving first? Because you will find if you're not doing it yet or you're struggling with generosity, it's the hardest thing you'll do as a Christ follower. Because what God is saying is, I want you to take some of your stuff and don't use it on you, but give it to someone else. And we're just like baby shark.! Uh! I know y'all don't make that noise, but actually I've heard some people during offering time make that noise. No. And if we're going to give, we're like a little kid. We got three toys and our parents tell us to share one and we give the one we don't really want anyways. You give God the five spot. I got five on it. Like that's all you got on it. That's all your family gets out of this house. That's all, your, that's, all your benefit. that's all you feel like God's called you to. you know why Jesus put it first? Because it's the hardest thing to do. And if you'll break the power of greed, the power of pull for you to hang on to stuff, you'll find yourself breaking the power of the pull over every other area in your life. He puts it first because it's the hardest thing to do. When you give, then he says this, when you pray. He's saying one of the other things that you're gonna use in your spiritual journey to develop the strength to overcome some of the passions you're wrestling with is if you'll begin to be a person who really prays. I ain't talking about the social media, praying for you stuff that we don't really do. The praying we did was put, we're praying, but we didn't really pray. Putting, putting your praying, but not really praying doesn't change anything just by the way. He says, if you'll be a person that really prays, and how do we pray? Jesus taught us in the Sermon on the Mount taught us in the Lord's Prayer. And there's two things he tells us. Watch this, this is so good. He says, some of the things you're gonna find is in your battle with some of your passions, sometimes you're still gonna lose. And when you lose, I want you to know, you can come to God and you can confess your sin and he is faithful and just to forgive you. He says, we can come to God and say, God, will you forgive my sins and my trespasses? And when you tell God you're sorry, he forgives you. He wipes the slate clean and he makes you brand new in Jesus. Come on, somebody, every single time. So he says, in your battle, if you still fall, in prayer, he says, you can come and find forgiveness. But he says, also in prayer, part of your prayer is, and Lord, deliver me from the evil one. He says, as you find yourself leaning on me and trusting me in the battle, that you don't have to fight this thing alone. You're not in this fight alone. He says, but if you find yourself leaning on me, he says, you'll find more victory. So when you give, when you pray, and then he says this, verse 16, when you fast. When you fast. Now, this is said every time we go over these verses, but I want you to hear it again. What I want you to notice in this is Jesus is not saying, if you give, if you pray, or if you fast. The assumption of Jesus for his, for his followers is that being people who pray being people who give and being people who fast is a part, a part of our spiritual journey because it's our part to develop our spiritual strength, our spiritual discipline to overcome some of the fight that we're in. And he says, part of this battle is fasting. Let's listen to everything he says here on this topic of fasting. He says, and when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. For they try to look miserable and disheveled so people would admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face, then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father who knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything, what are those last three words? There is a reward for people who walk in a spiritual discipline. And he says, God will begin to do things in your life for your life and through your life that only God can do. As time passes, uh, there are scriptures that make more sense today than they probably made a hundred years ago. Certainly scriptures that made sense, you know, 2000 years ago, there's a verse that says, when Jesus returns, every eye will see him. Well, when that was written 2000 years ago, how could every eye see Jesus come back the globe We live on a globe. How can people on the other side of the planet see Jesus come back? Bible tells us he'll come back to this place called the Mount of Olives. How can all eyes see him? Well, now it's obvious through satellite, when Jesus comes back all over the world, people instantaneously will be able to see his second coming. There's verses like this, where Jesus is challenging you, like don't don't live some of the yeses so out loud that you're doing it for your attention. And that's always been true. Sometimes our motive is to say yes just for other people to pat us on the back and tell us how great. He says, I want you to say yes for my glory and for your growth. Say yes for my glory. Do it because it honors me and do it because you're strengthening, you're disciplining yourself in the fight with your passion." But we live in a generation right now where this is so hard to do because everybody who does something good wants to immediately go to social media and they start the post this way. I know I'm not supposed to tell anybody this, but I couldn't help myself. And I just wanted you to know that I helped this person behind me in line and I helped this homeless person. And and we got to get pictures like, hey, hold the money I gave you homeless person. And it's everywhere we look. And what God says is if that's your reward, is everybody giving you likes and, oh, you're so incredible and you're so great. That's the only reward you'll get. But if you'll do it for the right motive of God's glory, come on in your growth, God says i'll bless you beyond measure and i'll reward you in a way it'll be obvious your heavenly father has been the one behind the reward but he says what i want you to notice is this just real quick the call is to fast what does fasting mean the word fasting literally means to not eat jesus started his ministry he got into his ministry, in Luke chapter four, he was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days of prayer and fasting. And the Bible starts the story this way: and Jesus did not eat and was hungry. Fasting is saying no to something. Again, I've been having this whole conversation saying no to the things you need to say us, so I'm not if you need food to survive, God designed us that way. But fasting is taking a season and intentionally saying no to some desires. It's creating a hunger for God. It's creating a slice of time where you can spend with God. It's bringing those passions that rule your life where sometimes you feel you're out of control. It's you with God's help saying no to some things so you you can say yes to some others fasting. Jesus fasted. David fasted. The disciples fasted. The nation of Israel fasted. The New Testament church fasted. Early church fathers fasted. Fasting is part of our spiritual journey. We don't talk about it. We don't do it enough. But what would happen if we started off 2023 as a church that leaned into disciplining ourselves through prayer, through fasting, through giving, What would happen if we started the new year with some new yeses? What would God do in your spiritual fight? I believe he would do what Paul said. I believe we could live 2023 and beyond, no longer slaves to sin because God's gonna do his part and God's gonna give us grace to do our part and we're gonna be more than conquerors through Christ. We're gonna overcome some stuff that used to overcome us. Come on, we're gonna push past some stuff that used to hold us back. Listen, if you don't battle nothing here, you ain't getting nothing out of this. But if you're honest enough to say that there's some places I want to get to, there's some things I want to do that I've been held back from, this is my year that I'm going to overcome. You can do it through Christ. And so the call is, and the challenge is, we're going to start tomorrow morning for 14 days of prayer and fasting. And here's what I'm asking, is for every one of us in this room to pick something to fast from. I believe food is the best thing. I believe it's the most base thing and the most biblical thing. It may not be your thing. Find something that you find yourself regularly saying yes to. It's a fallback, it's an easy, maybe it's food, maybe it's a TV show. And for 14 days, just say no. And you'll find you're like, you're missing the last episode of Yellowstone. I know, but I'm saying no to Beth. <laughs> no, to, no to Beth. Some of you are like, oh, see? Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. That's good. Some of you love Jesus and the rest of us. Y'all pray for us. Well, we, we're holding on to Yellowstone. Yellowstone in 2023. Some of you are like, I know. I can't wait. There's some stuff, if you will start to say no, I'm no longer giving in, I'm no longer tapping out, I'm no longer giving myself to that thing, I'm no longer just saying yes, I'm gonna say no to some stuff so I can start saying yes to some stuff. What will happen is, you will find, this is, this is an exercise, band, and this is a picture of the pull that we all wrestle with. When you step on this, it starts to create tension. And this is the pull that all of us feel. Like we're trying to, we're trying to raise up in G- and pulling Old habits and old addictions and old attitudes and old fears, like we, uh, it's just like a constant battle and we just can't get there. And what God is saying is his, his role is is to break the power of the pull. He says, I will make those things that have been pulling on you weaker and, weaker and weaker. I can tell you as a Christ follower that there's things that used to pull on me that don't have their way over me like they used to. Why? Because God is doing his part and he's breaking the power of sin in my life and he's doing it in you too. But he says, but you still got a role to play. You got to discipline yourself. You got to build up some muscles. You got to discipline yourself. You got to start saying yes to prayer and yes to fasting and yes to giving. And and all of a sudden you'll say, that pool ain't as strong until you won't notice that pool at all. And it's not that it's not there. The pool of sin will always be there. The pool of passions will always always exist. But what you will find is the more you follow Jesus, the pool gets less and you get stronger till it stops ruling and dominating. you." and you become the conqueror that Jesus wants you to become. High People is down for that in 2023. Here's how you're going to get there. You got to do your part. I wrote this down in my notes and I'm going to force it in. don't fit, but it's so good, I'm going to use it. You can get a fix or get fixed, but you can't have both. You can get a fix or you can get fixed, but you can't have both. You can keep getting your fix, getting your donut fix, getting your like people patting you on the back fix, getting your porn fix, pill fix, success fix, business fix, money fix, whatever fix it is, is controlling you or you can fix it and start learning to lean on Jesus in a new way in 2023. So with all of you at all of our campuses, I'm asking you today, make a commitment, determine what you'll fast today. And I know it's gonna be hard. Some of you can't do it because your work schedule. I'm asking you to commit the next 14 days to join us for prayer. Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. 6 a.m. is early. Come in your jammies. I don't care. Come how, well, unless you're rolling commando, don't come how you are. I know we say we, we'll take you as you are. We lied. That's, that's the line. If you ever wonder if there's a line, there's a line. Come almost as you are. Roll up in it. If you can't stay the whole hour, then don't stay the whole hour. It's the discipline to get your rear end out of bed when you wanna stay in bed. Coming to the house of God when you don't feel like coming to the house of God. Committing to seek God for an hour for 14 days when you don't feel like it. And I'm telling you, when you do your part to self-discipline, when God does his part to break the power of sin, you will find yourself set up for a brand new 2023. So will you fast and will you pray? Let's pack this house out every morning. Let's pack out Lawrenceburg, let's pack out the shows. Let's be people who set a brand new pace to break the power of the pool in our life in 2023. How many people just want what I'm talking about? There's some stuff you need to overcome. There's some habits, some attitudes that you're wrestling with that you need to leave behind. Come on, just wave, just leave it up for a minute. So Father, that's our confession, that God, we have some struggles, we have some things that are over us that you want under us. There is some pool in our passion that no longer needs to have the control it's had. So Lord, I pray God according to your word that we would no longer be slaves to sin. I don't care what you have heard, what people have told you and what you have believed. You are an overcomer and you can begin to say no with God's grace. But Lord, I pray that not only through your grace, I pray God we would take responsibility to do our part to discipline ourselves like an athlete. And so Lord, help us with your grace to overcome in Jesus' name. If you're here, you're at any of our campuses and you're not serving the Lord, listen, just before we get out of here, I wanna tell you, you can set the new year right with a relationship with Jesus. The Bible says, again, we're all sinners. We all mess up, we all miss the mark, we all fall short. And the only way we can fix it is through Jesus. And if you've never come to Jesus or used to serve the Lord and you're backslidden, maybe 2022 is a bad year for you in your relationship with God. If you're here or you're at any of our campuses, and you, today you wanna to say, man, today I need to give my life to Jesus, or I need to recommit my life to Christ. I need to start the new year fresh, my relationship with God fresh. In all of our campuses, listen, every head up, everybody looking around. If today you wanna to give your life to Jesus, today you need to recommit your life to Christ. I want you to raise your hand real high and say, that's me. Is there anybody here? Come on, at all of our campuses, lift a hand real high. Come on, no shame, lift it up. I need to give my life to Jesus. I I want you to know something. We're believing God for the month of January, 200 people to get saved and 100 people to get baptized. If you just lifted your hand, I'm gonna lead you in a simple prayer. I'm gonna cut you loose. We've got a water baptism tank set up at all of our campuses for the entire month of January. Here's the other challenge. If you've not even baptized, don't don't go home dry take that step again if you'll do your part god will do his part take the step and just be obedient and be baptized it's a way of identifying that the same way jesus died on the cross went into the grave he came up when you go into the water it symbolizes you dying the old desires and coming up a newness of life it's a great step for all of us to take at all of our campuses father we love you we thank god again for grace i pray every person in this room and in our campuses or at home that's lifted their hand and say jesus i need you All you have to do is tell them that, Lord, I need you. Be my Savior. Forgive me. Come into my life and save me. Help me with your grace to follow you for the rest of my life. I surrender all that I have and all that I am to you. And I thank you for grace. I thank you for the cross. In Jesus' name. And everybody who agreed said amen. Listen, we have everything you need in the lobby to get baptized. We got new shorts, new shirts, new towels. We'll keep his stuff safe right in the back on your way out. Make sure, come on, take that step before you leave. God bless you guys. Happy New Year.